Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus, our Bible study, a weekly Bible study right here on our website. And we want to thank you, uh, all of you that are part of our consistent listening family. And if you have listened before and you've come back again, <laughs> you're becoming consistent. And we welcome you as part of our listening family. And if you're brand new to this broadcast, I just want you to know that we have no other motive except to equip the body of Christ, Christians, for the work of the ministry. Amen. And I'm not talking about missionaries necessarily. You may be called. I'm not talking about pulpit ministry, teaching ministry, although all of this uh, we need to be equipped for. But every child of God needs to be equipped for the ministry of uh, of of the Holy Spirit working His will and, and through our life by His power for His purpose. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we want to get in the Word today so that we can be uh, in that posture and that position that we're meet for the Master to use. Amen. I believe God wants to use every child of God in a particular way to further His kingdom and to reach many women with the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to be talking about a subject today that is close to God's heart, very close to God's heart. So I pray that it will become close to our heart as well. And the name of our teaching today is obedience better than sacrifice. Obedience better than sacrifice. And our text that we're going to put in context in just a few moments is in 1 Samuel 15 and verse 22. It says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Listen, I'm going to give you just an overview and then we're going to put this in the actual context. King Saul was given explicit instructions from God to not all, not bring back any captives or animals from the people he went to conquer and he disobeyed. He brought back as spoil the best of the sheep and oxen and also the wicked king. He said he disobeyed, but he would make up for it because he would offer fine animals to the Lord. His real ulterior motive was to feed his own ego, to show off by showing the spoils of war to Israel. Many years ago, a a singing group came to our church and they sang a song inspired by this very scripture. And one of the verses is to obey is better than sacrifice. I don't want your money. I want your life. Now, this was not saying that 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 giving is not going to be blessed, but it has to be given 
as an act of obedience, not just with an ulterior motive just to get in return. You, you understand the difference in that today? Amen. If I just give to get, I'm not necessarily obeying God. I'm just doing something to get something for me. Amen. But if I give in obedience to God, and then He blesses me for giving, and more importantly, He blesses me for my obedience. Amen. To obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Now let's back up in 1 Samuel 15 and read 14 through 23. Pick up our text in context. It says, And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep. Now I want you to know, Saul was in charge. The people could not override him unless he allowed it, permitted it, and even endorsed it. Listen carefully. They have brought them from the Amalekites. Well, he told him not to. And if he was, was, was in charge of this operation, he could tell him, don't you do that. God told me no, and I'm telling you no. But he didn't. He went along with it. He had an ulterior motive. You know, there's a scripture in the book of James, and here's what it said. You have not because you ask not. That is the primary reason up front that you don't receive. is because you're not exercising your faith. You're not making God your source. You have not because you're not asking God in faith. Amen. And But hold on a minute. It goes on to say, you ask, you use your faith. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss to consume it on yourself. Oh, friend of mine, we have to be very careful with self because self is where selfishness comes from. Self-exaltation, that's where it comes from. Amen. And that's why in order to follow Christ as a true disciple in obedience to Him, which is better than sacrifice, it begins with denying yourself, taking up your cross, and then following Jesus Christ today. Listen to this. Back to verse 15. And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen. Listen, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I'll tell thee what the Lord hath said unto me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Now I want to stop at verse 18. God was going to use King Saul and the armies of Israel as an instrument of his judgment against the Amalekites, 
their sins had provoked God himself, and he was going to use, as he did, even against his own people when they sinned. He allowed enemies to overcome them, allowed them to go into captivity. He was using Saul to execute his judgment. This wasn't Saul's vendetta against the Amalekites. This was God's pronounced judgment against them. And he disobeyed. Listen, in verse 19, it said, Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And here's where Our text comes from in context. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Now I want you to strap in for verse 23. Because this, if we were in an airplane right now, uh, there would be a little ding, a little light would come on and a little, little ding over the sound system and uh, there would be a message given that turbulence are ahead and you need to strap in. And you need to strap in for this verse of Scripture because we're going to see how God views disobedience as opposed to how we view it today. You know, someone has said it well, the Ten Commandments has been reduced to the Ten Suggestions. No, they are still commandments. Oh, we're not saved by keeping the law, but we're not, we're, we're not free to do our, our own thing and continue to break the law. Do you understand the difference? Amen. Listen for rebellion in verse 23. And let me say this about rebellion. In God's eyes, all disobedience is rebellion. In our eyes, we just, you know, I remember an old, old country and western song from a long, long time ago, and, and the, the gist of it is, is this. Uh, a guy goes out on the weekend, and he parties all weekend, and he does all these things that God forbids and calls sin. Amen. And then he repents of it, uh, you know, on Sunday or Monday morning, whatever. And he says this in the course of the song, me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got it all worked out. Well, what was he trying to deal with God and deal with Christ about? It was about his own disobedience. He just saw it as something, God as a kind of a grandfatherly figure in the skies that, that says, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I remember, I remember when I was raising my oldest son and my youngest son, for that matter, uh, granddad would say, oh, Bobby, don't punish him. Oh, Bobby, he didn't mean it. Oh, Bobby. And I thought, boy, has he changed when I was growing up. He, he believed in the scripture, spared the rod and spoiled the child. That's one thing he obeyed. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Listen to me today. Listen carefully. God says that's rebellion. Disobedience in His sight is rebellion. And it comes, it, it opens the door to a very dark world. Listen. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now wait a minute, preacher. You're saying when I knowingly disobey God and do not repent of it, that I am, I am in the same category of someone who is practicing witchcraft. We're here in the All Hallows Eve, you know, devil's, devil's celebration, pagan holiday of Halloween, which is, which is already, uh, gaining on Christmas and how much money is spent on this holiday. It's not a holy day in any sense of the word. Listen to me carefully. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. I didn't say that. This is not some some overreacting uh, preacher talking to you today. This is the word of God. This is God's reaction to Saul's obedience. It's God's reaction to all obedience. All disobedience, rather. Listen, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, that's that's a category that we would never see ourselves in, would we? I, I, I would. You wouldn't find me with a Ouija board. You wouldn't find me going to a seance. You wouldn't find me with <laughs> pentagram, uh, pentagram drawn on my floors. Uh, no, you would not. And yet, when I knowingly and willfully disobey God having His Word right there before me and acting uh, uh, different than the Word. I'm not talking about missing it and, and repenting of it and asking forgiveness from it. I'm talking about just doing it, you know, like me and Jesus got our own thing going. I'm just going to disobey all week long. I'm going to sit in church on Sunday and act like everything is just fine because God simply doesn't take it very seriously. So why should Ah, God does indeed take it seriously. Somebody, listen, so, somebody's telling me right now, you're saying, you know, that's Old Testament. Well, the New Testament, Jesus said this, If any man hears my word and does it not, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man that laid his foundation on sand, and he built on that foundation. But when the wind came and the rains came and the floods came, it it was it was carried away. It was it crumbled to the ground because it was built on the shifting sand of disobedience. If he hears my word and doesn't do it, he has no foundation to stand when the storms come. But if any man hear my word and do it, he's like a man that digged deep. <laughs> Hallelujah. And laid his foundation on a rock. The wind came. The waves came. The flood tides came and beat upon it. But it stood all of that because it was built upon a rock. Now, the rock is not just Jesus, dear friend. It's obeying His Word. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me read this again in verse 23. 
for rebellion. And we're talking in the context of what? Where, why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Verse 19. Why didn't you obey? You have disobeyed. And disobedience in God's sight is as rebellion. And rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Why? Because the devil rebelled against God. The same spirit that's in that dark world of the occult is the spirit of Satan himself. This angel who fell into pride and disobedience. And he persuaded a third of the angels. The book of Revelation talks about a dragon in type uh, who's t- that fell to the earth and his tail pulled a, a third of the stars of heaven or angelic beings who became demons here. Listen, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness, you see, if there is disobedience and we do not repent of it and we never try to address it and we continue to go on in that, that's a stubbornness. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because we're putting self and our sin above God and His will. Listen, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord... He also has rejected thee from being king. Amen. You know what earned David, King David, the title of man after God's own heart? When Saul failed and when Saul was being demoted instead of promoted because of a rebellious heart, a stubborn heart, a disobedient heart, God said, I will choose me a man. After my own heart, <laughs> who will obey me in all that I say unto him. Now, I didn't say that he would never falter, that he wouldn't fail. But David certainly must have had that kind of heart to obey and not walk in abject rebellion. And when he sinned, he confessed his sin and he was forgiven his sin because God saw this heart to obey. That's the question that's put before us as Christians today. Are we just listening to the word on Sunday? Are we giving heed to it? Let me read you another scripture here today in my big, large print Bible. <laughs> Amen. The book of James chapter 1 and, and verse 22. It said, well, let's back up. Let's, let's catch this in verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. He's seeing himself in a mirror is what this is saying. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But listen to verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law, that perfect here means complete law of liberty, and continueth or lives in it, 
not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work or a doer of the word. This man shall be blessed in his deed, or as one translation puts it, he's going to be blessed in his life of obedience. Glory be to God. Amen. To obey, dear friend, is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. To hearken means to listen, to give heed. And the scripture goes on in the New Covenant to say, literally, that, that, that we need to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip. Uh, amen. Uh, that word, let them slip, it's, 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 like a, it's like a ship that is supposed to come into port in the nautical sense. And, and instead of coming into port, it just goes right on by and keeps right on going, beholding the truth about ourselves as we are encountering the Word of God, and yet not giving heed, not acting on the Word that we know is telling us, Robert, I'm going to talk about me, not your name may be Robert too. <laughs> Amen. But I'm talking about this Robert right now. Amen. Robert, Robert, you see this in the Word. You know what my Word says. You have not forgiven, and you must forgive if you want to be obedient to me and if you want me to be able to bless you. Amen. Listen, Jesus said, if you disobey in this one area, if you don't forgive men their trespasses, when you stand praying, forgive. Don't, don't bother expecting an answer while standing in disobedience. If, if, when you stand praying, forgive. Because if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. You can't keep this in violation and, and claim blessings like me and Jesus got our own thing going. I'm going to tell you, if you're, you're dealing with God and you're dealing with Christ who is God incarnate and you're dealing with the one who is supposed to be your Lord and Savior, not your Savior and then your blesser in, in spite of what you do with His Word. This is an important message today. God sees disobedience different then we see disobedience. And we need to see disobedience as a sin that it is instead of seeing it as just, well, you know, God God used to be really strict, but He's changed, you know. No, the church has changed. Preaching has changed. Teaching has changed. We, we've got a cheap grace and a cheap cross, and we've cheapened the very blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. We see today the Lamb of God and we love the Lamb of God and we need to see at the same time the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. We've been teaching about that in our previous teaching. We will teach more about that. We need to understand today, amen, that God will never ever concede and accommodate disobedience and say it really doesn't matter. All week long, the Lord has impressed upon my heart to declare a new challenge 
to a life of devotion and commitment. That's what it means when it said he digged deep and laid his foundation on a rock. That rock is not just Jesus, it's obedience to Jesus. It's a deep commitment to follow Jesus in obedience. It begins with denying ourself. Because if you don't do that, friend, you can forget about taking up your cross. And without taking up your cross, you can forget about truly following Him. You know, we're not just told to go and and get church members into the building so we can build the new building so that we can meet the budget so we can we can fund the building fund we are to go and make disciples unto him yes it begins with grace yes it begins with forgiveness full and free but it doesn't end with that amen we are called to deny ourselves take up our cross and follow him if we would be his disciple. Amen. Glory be to God. God wants to lead us in a path of righteousness for his name's sake, and he wants to bless us. You see, when we walk in obedience, his blessing will rest upon us, and our victory will bring glory to his name. Glory to God. Someone has said it this way. I'm going to read this to you today. In opposition to sin stands obedience. For by one man, listen, Romans 5, 19 and 6, 18. Listen, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Ye became the servants of righteousness. In connection with all that's been said about sin and the new life and the reception of the Holy Spirit, we must always give obedience to the place assigned to it by God. Hallelujah. Can you amen that? We should always give obedience to the place assigned to it by God. It was because Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death, yea, the death of the cross, that God so highly exalted him. And Paul, in his connection, exhorts us, Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus in Philippians 2 and verse 5. We see above everything else that the obedience of Christ, which was so pleasing to God, must become really the characteristic of our disposition and our entire walk. Jesus, as a servant, knows that he must first obey his master in all things. So the surrender to an implicit and unquestioning obedience must be the essential characteristic of our lives. And I believe today and from time to time, we all need to honestly deal with the issue of obedience in our Christian walk. Someone's truly said, if Jesus is not Lord of everything, then Jesus is not Lord at all. Because Lord means Master. Hallelujah. The Scripture said that when Saul was little, in his own eyes, God made him king. David was the least of Jesse's sons, was chosen to rule in Israel because he had a heart to obey. And therefore, 
He was a man after God's own heart. Moses was God's choice to lead Israel out of Egypt's bondage. The scripture, now the man Moses was most meek among his generation. Hallelujah. Jesus said, to take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit. You see, meekness, humility, a bowed head and heart leads us to an obedient life. Nothing melts the heart like the love of God. Hallelujah. That's why the scripture taught, if a man loved me, He'll keep my commandments, and they won't be grievous unto Him. And we love Him, the Scriptures teach, because He first loved us. Amen. Someone has said, is there a heart? Well, I'll tell you, it was that prince of preachers. It was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And he said, is there a heart that will not bend To thy divine control, descend, O sovereign love, descend and melt that stubborn soul. If you ever really fall in love with Jesus, if you ever fulfill the first and great commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Amen. The way to express that love in a way that God sees it as true and coming from the heart is to have a heart to obey. You may struggle with your flesh. You will struggle with your weak flesh. But there should be no struggle between God's revealed will through His Word and your heart desire to obey Him. Otherwise, there's a heart condition that needs to be addressed today. Because to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. I want to be a better disciple of Jesus. Uh, Not just this coming year, but starting right here, right now. Amen. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I think having a resolve is important. But more important is having a heart of love for God, reverence for God, respect for what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that we would want to follow Him. We would have a deep desire to obey Him. Hallelujah. And obey the Word of God in our life. That we would dig deep enough to make a commitment so strong that when the the temptations come and the circumstances come and the pressures come and the persecutions come and they come upon us like like flood tides like severe winds and waves and beat upon us we stand strong through the storm hallelujah because we have a heart to obey god and to walk in his ways that's the challenge today amen And I believe God will, I believe if we have the heart and will to obey, all the resources of heaven will be granted us. The Holy Spirit has come to indwell us, to help us to hear and to heed and to obey God. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Today, 
This is a challenge to every true child of God. Me and Jesus, we got a thing going all right. But it's not me playing church and playing games with God. It's me walking in a sincere devotion and living that out by taking His Word to my heart and giving heed to it today. How about you today, dear friend? Do you have a heart to obey? Is there an area of rebellion that you are walking in? Oh, friend, it's time that we took a good, hard, honest look at our own hearts. You know what the Bible said about the heart? The heart, without regeneration, the heart without God doing a work in it. It said, It is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? God does. God does. And one of the promises of the new covenant was, was and is that I will take out the heart of stone, that stubborn, rebellious heart that is in us all because of Adam's fall been passed down through generations but I will take out the heart of stone I will replace it with a heart of flesh hallelujah the stubbornness the rebellion is gone the heart that is soft and pliable and able to be shaped is now put back in (laughs) hallelujah if any man be in Christ he's a new creation old things are passed away and all things are become new we're buried with him in baptism we're raised with him to walk in the newness of life and that life is represented by obedience ah friend if you don't know Jesus if you don't know Jesus then you're without hope and without God in this present world and God wants to give you hope and God wants to be your heavenly father and Jesus wants to be your savior sovereign and king run to him today receive him as your savior let him do a heart transplant on you in Christ's holy name 